When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. This is a crowd podcast. This episode is sponsored by George. George's favourite Beatle is John Lennon, which is possibly strange, bearing in mind that he actually shares his name with one of the other three Beatles. But anyway, his favourite tree is a mahogany, a hardwood. To be more like George, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and grow the show. Here's the jingle. Grow the show. If you know, for Joe and Tom, for everyone, I'll spread the word. Have you heard Joe Marla's show? Joe Marla's show. Hello and welcome to our show. I am Joe Marla and... I say this all the time. Can't you just say your own name? Why do I have to say your name? I'll do it if you want, but you just it's your show, Joe. You open it out. I know, but I've already said my name. Hello, I'm Joe Marler, and you go next. All right, and I'm Tom Fordyce. <laughs> do you remember in last week's episode, Joe, when we came across the phrase to blow smoke up someone's arse and we couldn't work out why this was a good thing? Like, who would actually want smoke blown up their arse? Who would want to blow smoke up anyone's arse? Whether you're the one who's getting smoked or the one doing the smoking. didn't seem a particularly good thing. Well, we've had a message from Dara. Dara says to blow smoke up someone's ass is a good thing because it used to be the de facto medical procedure to, <laughs> to try and resuscitate... off. To try and resuscitate people in the 17th century. Fuck off. No. It was so commonly believed that there used to be... A... <laughs> There used to be equipment hanging along the Thames like life boys. Like, what? Fuck <laughs> off. Wait, two questions here, Joe. Even in the 17th century, they must have realised that you breathe mainly in and out of your mouth and nose. So why, why, why would blowing anything up your arse help? You know, a football. And also, like, no one breathes smoke. So if you were going to blow something up someone's arse, why not just blow air? Is this real? I think it's real. <laughs> Do they do it? Do they do it like like a blowpipe? Like, yeah, yeah. Or is it like a? <laughs> the other thing that confuses me about this joke is when they said this was the de facto medical procedure to try and resuscitate people. Like, clearly, it's never fucking worked. <laughs> it's at no point in the 17th century as someone died, and then whether they're along the Thames or anywhere else, that someone has lit something to get the smoke, inhaled the smoke themselves, 
blown it up the arse and then the person suddenly got and reanimated and got fuck oh what happened there i still don't understand though why it's a good thing if you put that in context it's like someone's dead (laughs) is it that if you believe that blowing smoke up your ass would help that it would be a good thing it would be like listen you you were in a bit of a state before i.e you were dead now you're dead with a smoky ring piece i'm just (laughs) i'm looking right i've googled it (laughs) so i don't know know why i do stuff like this One of the earliest reports of such a practice took place in England in 1746 when a woman was left unconscious (laughs) after nearly drowning. Her husband allegedly took the suggestion of administering a tobacco enema to revive her, a practice that was rising in popularity at the time as a possible answer to the frequent local instances of drowning. Left with little choice, the man took a tobacco-filled pipe, inserted the stem into his wife's rectum and, well... Blew a bunch of smoke up there. As strange as it may sound today, it reportedly worked. The hot embers of tobacco leaf jolting the wife back into consciousness and the practice grew quickly from there. Fuck <laughs> off, mate. She's not dead. She's just half unconscious or having a nap because she's drowned a bit. You imagine getting an ember in your ass and you burnt your arsehole. You're like, ah, of course she could have wake up. That's not got anything to do with the blowing of the smoke. Imagine being a bloke who's having a nice... He's gone out for a walk and he's just puffing away on his pipe as he walks down by the water. And then suddenly this bloke runs over, snatches the pipe out of his hand and just he's going, Oi, what are you doing with my pipe? He rams his pipe, the stem of his pipe, the mouthpiece of his pipe. He rams it up the arse of a woman. Gish pipe. What are you doing with my pipe? Ridiculous. (laughs) I like the fact as well that just this phrasing you use there, her husband took the suggestion of administering a tobacco enema to revive her. Imagine again, just being, you just watch this woman probably drown. And rather than putting your arm around this bloke or going, oh my God, you just go, you know what, mate? You could try. Why don't you try a tobacco enema? See what happens. Uh, why the fuck are we talking about this? How's this leading on to whatever we're meant to be leading on to? I don't think it is really, Joe, but it was a message from Dara. Well, I'd like to thank Daragha immensely for that fact. Fair enough. Joe, would you like to do a shout-out to Matt Williams? Yeah, I'll do a shout-out. Um, his <laughs> Shout-out to Matt Williams, who has bought his wife a tobacco enema uh, for whenever she drowns. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. They do it on Red Letter Days these days. You can get it from Red Letter Days. It comes in a car with a little picture of a, of a lit pipe, and you can go and fulfil that voucher whenever you choose. Hey, to all you romantics out there, we got Valentine's coming up and... We are getting you a 50% discount on tobacco enemas <laughs> sold by the Golden Virginia uh, Tobacco Docks. Fuck knows where I'm going with this. Let's just go to the shout out now. Okay. A big shout out to Matt Williams, who's bought a Joe Marler Show t-shirt for his son. And I would suggest that is very good parenting. Well done, Matt. Oh, Joe, what I remember as well. So something else about last week's episode with BJ. Oh, here we go. Do you remember how BJ said he, he once ate toothpaste instead of tomato puree? Or he put toothpaste in a beef burger he was yes, making rather yes. than tomato puree. So listen, <laughs> BJ, he's been back in touch with another update. Listen to this. Today I was making porridge. Nothing special about that. I usually put frozen berries in it as well to add some vitamins. So, I sat down to eat my porridge, often resplendent with strawberries and raspberries. I took a spoonful and thought, tastes odd. I took another spoonful and nearly puked as I had bitten into a semi-frozen 
Brussels sprout. <laughs> he says, I hate sprouts at the best of times, but I keep a bag in the freezer because my partner, for some weird reason, enjoys tasting Satan's hemorrhoids. <laughs> this is out of order now. This is out of order. I'm sorry, BJ, um, that you've gone through that with a sprout. But you, you just have to be more careful in future, I'm afraid. Should we get a guest on, Joe? Yes, please. Can we get someone on? Enough of this nonsense. Our guest today is a weatherman. Is it weatherman or weatherman? Both work for me. This is the worst start you've ever done to a podcast, Joe. <laughs> I'm shattered. I am shattered. I'm sorry. I am shattered. Trying to work out the kids' schooling. It's, I'm coming back. I'm back in it now. You ready? <laughs> We could just admire his suit more. Are these clouds or flowers on your T-shirt, on your shirt? They're little flowers. Uh, oh, look at this. Oh, my God. How weird is this? You're look? in the bunk bed. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, welcome to the bunk bed. Yeah. Very peculiar, this, isn't it? Never done a podcast from a bunk bed before, but here we go. Our guest today is Weatherman. His name is Owain Wynn Evans. I think I've got it right. Owain? Perfect. I've it nailed it. It sounds like you're Welsh. It sounds like you're from Llanelli. I loved it. I'm going to open it up with how incredible you look oh, considering that you. you're working from home it's lockdown what what lockdown are we on three four we've lost count haven't we but that's very kind joe thank you you know one of the weirdest things about doing this job from home at the moment is obviously not just the fact that you know i've got a green screen in my house but i have to get dressed up as if i'm going to someone's wedding every day just to like stand <laughs> in my spare room or in the garden and it's just bizarre <laughs> but why why does a weatherman or woman? Have I got that right? Do you say weather woman? Weather man? Weather, weather girl? person? Weather person? I think weather legend would be nice. Oh my gosh. I mean, I would love weather legend. If you're giving me that title, I will absolutely <laughs> take it and run with it. I'd like to see my weather person telling me or forecasting the weather in the appropriate clothing that the weather's going to be. Like, I'd like to see like... <laughs> Like wellies and umbrellas used in really bad weather. Do you know what I mean? I'd quite like to see that more. Would the issue with this plan, Joe, be Owen would have to be in his swimming trunks in July, but also um, in a raincoat and then have one hand in a glove and the other hand holding some sun cream. I think this is less BBC and more Channel 998, 989. <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Um, surely there's a channel out there that supplies that sort of content. Can I ask you some weather myths as we start off this show? The first one I've got, shepherds, are they bothered about red skies? Well, that whole red sky at night shepherd's delight thing is actually based on something called Rayleigh scattering. So Rayleigh scattering is where you, this is why we get a red sky at night or in the morning. And essentially what this is, is when the sun is lower in the sky, it has to travel through more of the atmosphere. And in doing so, it kind of scatters the more blue colours of the wavelength and the longer wavelengths, which are red, are allowed to pass through, which is why we get a red sky at night. So that is based on something, because if there is more cloud in the sky at a certain height, you're more likely to see those clouds be illuminated by the redder colours which is caused by Rayleigh scattering. So, yeah, there is a little bit of truth behind that, Tom. But why would shepherds in particular? Like, Does this mean that shepherds want it to rain the next day? They say red sky in morning, shepherds warning, because with this, if there are weather systems coming in 
from the West, for example, with us, maybe it's more likely that the clouds are illuminated by that Rayleigh scattering and therefore would appear red. And then they'd be like, oh, I better get my herd and, you know, chuck it in the shed or whatever they would do. I'm not sure. I'm not sure they chuck it in sheds. I don't know. (laughs) But maybe they have to protect them, don't they, from the elements? Brilliant. Sheep are are quite hardy creatures, aren't they? I mean, they have Mm. an inbuilt fur coat. True, yeah. I just mm. wonder if a shepherd is the right thing. Maybe if, if it's a livestock farmer and he's looking after um, a mammal with uh, thinner skin, then maybe they'd be more worried about the weather. Joe, what do you think? I'm just still trying to get my head around this. Shepherd's sky at night is a pie delight. What is it? Shepherd- <laughs> Red, sky at <laughs> Red sky at night. Red sky at night is a shepherd's delight. I thought it was something to do with that chocolate bar that's got jelly in it in the middle. Turkish delight. Yeah, is it nothing? <laughs> Red wrapper at night, Turkish delight. And yeah. also, is it guaranteed that there's going to be a sunny day tomorrow, the, no. the following day? But then what happens if it pisses it down? I'm like, well, who's come up with these sayings? I'm, I'm not having it. I'm not having it. I would say that they're not meteorologically accurate and they're not a great way of forecasting the weather <laughs> nowadays. <laughs> Let me get this right. You're saying that's not a very good way to predict the weather. Yeah. You used a massive word. I'm going to try and say it. It's a meteorological. Have I said that? It's close enough. We, we could go with that. Say it again. Meteorological. Meteorological. Oh, I can't do it. <laughs> Was that it? Yeah, you got did it. I get it. Yeah, you did. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, Steve, you can cut that one. Cut out the ones I fucked up, please. <laughs> um, if that's not the best way to predict the weather, are you telling me that me looking in when I'm driving up the M25, me looking at some of these fields with a load of cows in, yeah. they've decided to lie down or mm. sit down. Well, no, they definitely lie down. The cows are lying down. Do cows sit down? Well, they're going all four, leg, all four legs. They don't just rear back, do they, with two legs up in the air? Yeah, like a cat. Yeah, have you ever seen a cow sat like a cat? No. But maybe we just need to give them some chairs. Like, we haven't put chairs in any fields of cows, have we? If we put some, like, lazy boy recliners... Maybe we'd see some cows kicking back. Absolutely, Tom. Anyway, you're telling me that cows lying down is Mm. not a guaranteed sign that they know that the weather Mm. is about to piss it down. I reckon those the cows lying down or sitting down or whatever way they might be resting, I think there might be something (laughs) in that. Because, you know, when we get bad weather, most of the time that's the direct result of low pressure coming in. So when we get high pressure, imagine it's like pushing down on the surface and like keeping clouds and weather fronts away, whereas low pressure allows for things to come in. That's kind of the best way of imagining it happening, I guess. But animals are quite sensitive to changes in pressure. So, you know, if you've got low pressure coming in, the cows may very well know they've got like inbuilt barometers. Again, not meteorologically accurate, but I think there could be something in it. What if they've just had a busy day and they're tired? (laughs) Well, Tom, it could absolutely be that. Maybe they're just knackered and they just want a little sit down. They just want to recline, darlings. You know, they want to rest. And maybe that so coincides with rain coming in. I don't want to slag cows off too much, but (laughs) what on earth are they doing lying down thinking that if I lie down, I'm going to get less wet? Yeah. I don't understand the principle. Why you go, oh, the weather's turning, I'm just going to lie down. Surely you'd you go, all oh, the weather, I, I've got this sixth sense in me that knows a storm's coming. You'd fuck off under a tree, no? <laughs> you wouldn't just go, yeah, I'll just lie down here. Oh, Daisy, just lie down next to me and we'll be fine. Why are they doing that? I'm not, I'm not slagging them off, but that seems really thick. 
very kind of accurate bovine impression there. I loved it. It was, wasn't well, it? It was. Maybe they're trying to keep the ground dry. So, you know, that their little feet that are tucked underneath them can stay dry. Maybe it's about the udders. Do they like a dry udder? Maybe they don't like a damp udder. Yeah. No one likes a damp udder, do they? Yeah. So. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, there's nothing worse than a moist udder. Fucking hell, a wet udder. Oh. <laughs> Why the fuck are we talking about moist udders? No, no. Did you expect this podcast to be uh, going this way? Yes. Oh, God. Moist udders really, really pleases me. Uh, Wine, you were, I watched you on The Wheel, Michael McIntyre's The Wheel programme the other day. Yeah. Um, And there was a question on there. You know, I'm not here to embarrass you at all in the slightest. <laughs> so I don't want to tear up too badly. But the question was, what is the average time for um, a raindrop to fall? Yeah. And I sat there and I, when I was reading this, I went, well, it surely it depends. That's such a crap question. Surely it depends how high the cloud is. Absolutely. Surely if there's like a really high cloud, it's going to take longer. If there's a cloud that's just above my head, it's going to hit me quicker and all that. Lot. So it's a really unfair question. But I knew that. The weather person expert on that show would <laughs> obviously be able to explain all of this to me. Um, Tom, do you want to take a guess at that? How long the average time for a raindrop to fall is? Is it 10 seconds, 15 seconds, two minutes or 15 minutes? I'm leaning towards one of the latter two, I think, because, it, I mean, the clouds, for the first two to come to pass, the clouds would have to be just above the height of the trees. Mm. which would be terrifying. So what was the third one, Joe? Five minutes? Two minutes. Two minutes is my answer because I think that's a long time in raindrop time. I think in 15 minutes it would dissipate. I like the thought that went into that. Joe, what did you think? I thought it was uh, 15 seconds. Did you? Because I thought I pictured myself go outside and go... Oh, when it starts raining, like, how do I think? And then I, I usually look at the cloud and go, oh, that's about 15 seconds away. And I got it wrong. So I got it wrong. What did you go for? I got it wrong as well, Joe, as you well know, darling. <laughs> <laughs> so I went for 15 minutes, right? It actually does take between two and seven minutes for a rain oh. to fall. So <laughs> get in. Tom, you got it. You got it, baby. Weather legend. Absolutely, weather legend. How does it take between two and seven minutes for a raindrop to fall? Well, a raindrop forms when invisible water vapour rises, it then cools, turns into clouds, and then the water little droplets, if you like, or ice crystals bump into each other. They keep rising and falling within a cloud until they get heavy enough to fall. So my thought was, you know, it becomes a raindrop quite early, I would say. It's just then pushed about in a cloud and can go up really high. But they wanted to know at which point does it get heavy enough to fall to the ground, which is two minutes. If I'm looking at the weather app on my phone. Yeah. And let's say I want to know what the weather's going to be like at 12 o'clock because I quite fancy going for a run. Yeah. When it says... 50% chance of rain. Mm. Does that mean it is going to be raining for 50% of the time at midday? Mm. Does it mean there's a 50-50 chance it might rain? Or does it mean that 50% of the area it's forecasting for will get wet? You know, I've got to be honest with you, Tom. I have a problem with the percentage thing on apps because, number one, it's very vague. And number two, it sometimes doesn't really give you very much in forms of what in the terms of what you need to know. But it is essentially the 
likelihood of it happening. That's what that percentage is there for. You know, it's even worse when you've got snow in the forecast, which is, by the way, the hardest thing to forecast because there are so many factors. You know, people just want to know if it's going to snow. But a weather forecast is essentially like looking into, you know, Mystic Meg's crystal ball. And Mystic Meg sometimes got those lottery answers right. Sometimes she got them wrong, didn't she? In fact, I thought Mystic Meg was someone who did something at the back of the sun. She was the same. She did both. Oh, oh did she? I believe she did it's horoscopes the in the sun. Yeah, I think so. And then they... Yeah, um... I always used to read her horoscope. She, she used to always really get me right, actually. So are you saying, yeah. Joe, that Mystic Meg is more accurate than my weather forecasts? <laughs> I am saying that I would probably trust Mystic Meg over a cow. Okay, go on. So cows can predict uh, a storm coming because they're really sensitive and they've got built-in barometer that protects them getting soggy udders moist udders yeah why do we say it's raining cats and dogs is this anything to do with medieval times where people used to throw like animal guts out of their windows oh yeah that's do you know what i mean it's some sort of weird memory trying to get out of my head here when you say it's raining cats and dogs it's to do with people lobbing cat guts out of windows lobbing like these septic yeah. animals over castle walls and stuff yeah yeah the the welsh translation of that is it's raining old ladies and sticks old ladies and sticks are they sticks belonging to the old ladies they're walking sticks it's a mine buru hen ragged ar fin mine buru ir hagid ar fin wonderful so apparently this is one <laughs> red sky at night sailors delight Red sky in morning, sailors take warning. Why has it gone to sailors? I would say sailors are probably more likely to want to know what the weather is doing because they could probably die, couldn't they? Oh, right. So it's actually more important. Well, I think so. Oh, yeah. Then well... What do you think than shepherds? I mean, shepherds are very important. I didn't know if shepherds still existed. So mm. I thought that was like back in um, when Jesus was born and that. <laughs> are there still real shepherds now? Yeah. I just thought they'd leave them to dogs. The sheep, certainly in this country, tend to be grazed at higher altitudes where it's more likely to be wet. So I think most shepherds would accept as an occupational hazard that they're going to be in the rain a lot of the time. Yeah. So I think that sailors would be more bothered. Is there some element of wind here, Owain? Sailors love their wind. Yeah, Is they their do. red sky <laughs> portend a heavy wind? Well, if, it, if we're looking at the incoming storm, you know, and we're talking about the Rayleigh scattering that I mentioned earlier, where the sky turns red or pink. If it's low pressure and a storm, you would get stronger winds around that. So they're probably going to be more bothered by wind than water, aren't they? I mean, they're surrounded by water. They're actually moving on it. <laughs> so the wind is more of an issue for a sailor, I would say. So my next one is clear moon, frost soon. I should do it in a better voice as if I'm seeing it. Oh, oh, my goodness. Here, come look at this. Here, Tom, come check this out. There's a clear moon, frost soon. <laughs> Has anyone heard that one? I've heard that one. Yeah, yeah. Any any truth? Yeah, well, if you've got a clear sky overhead, especially when it's cold, you're more likely to see temperatures dip and therefore a frost forming because a lot of the time when you have cloud cover if it's dense cloud in particular you know it, it does actually trap a little bit of heat in and when you see clear skies it turns colder but of course only in the winter you know that's not going to be happening in like mid-july really in brighton so you could flip that one round as well and have no moon fucking monsoon 
Well, Tom, I've not heard that one, but you know what? Maybe I'll shoehorn that one into a forecast over the next couple of weeks. If if you do, um, Tom will buy you a kilo of Mawams. Well, that's an incentive. Potentially lose your job or gain a kilo of Mawams. Yeah, I'll have to think about that one. I'll buy half a kilo just to get ready. <laughs> rain, foreto- Ra- rain foretold, long last. Short notice, soon will pass. Ring... Ring around the moon, rain real soon. <laughs> Rainbow in the morning gives you fair warning. What about that one? Warning of what? A rainbow in the morning indicates that a shower is in your near future. It's a bit obvious, that Owen, isn't it? I mean, the whole point of a rainbow is that it requires rain, so... A lot of people ask what's the difference between... And we'll get back to that saying in a second, Joe. I'm not shoving that to the side <laughs> indefinitely. Um, oh, please. You, <laughs> you, In order to get, like... So rain is basically non-stop or precipitation over a long space of time, whereas a shower is like a short, sharp burst. So you're more likely to see sunny spells around a shower because of the very nature of a shower. So the saying, Joe, that, you know, there's a shower en route if you see a rainbow. Well, yeah, I suppose there could be some truth in that, but it does depend where you are and, you know, where the shower is going to, because showers are so localised it could miss you or it could be moving away from you and you could have already had that shower. The vibe I've got from how you've answered all of them (laughs) is that yet again, I've gone on a fact-finding mission of sayings Mm. and it turns out they're not facts. It's actually horse shit. Yeah. And that's definitely my fault and I definitely need to take responsibility for it. But thank you for taking me through that anyway. I really appreciate it. You know what, Joe? It's been a pleasure to go through the sayings with you. And I would say that now in the digital age of forecasting, we don't need to be relying on the old sayings as much. And they they can't be relied on, I'm afraid. Right. Advert time. Uh, while we're here, we do know that Josh listens to this while out running and Andy listens while out for a walk. Josh will probably be finishing his 5k about now. He's quite quick. Josh, well done. Keep going, Andy. Go on, Josh. Go on, Andy. Love that from you. This episode is sponsored by Dave Southworth. Dave's favourite year was 2010, mainly because he played a lot of Modern Warfare 2 with his mates. 2010, classic year for Modern Warfare 2. Dave's star sign is Libra. That's the one with the scales and the other shit. We're also sponsored by Alex Myatt, a man who is rather enjoying not having to commute to London from East Sussex every day. Alex likes scrambled eggs, and he once saw Joe outside a supermarket. And we're sponsored too by Matt Williams. Matt's duvet is a 4.5 tog, and his favourite vegetable is a turnip. To be more like Dave, Alex and Matt, go to patreon.com forward slash Joe Marler Show and grow the show. Well, it's a quiz, but this time it's a podcast. Yes. With me, Mikita Oliver. I was going to go with that at first, you know, I really was. I love a quiz. I'm nervous. Oh. How many edges does a 20p have? Uh. Oh my gosh. Oh my God, I'm doing so badly. We will quiz, we will chat And then we will repeat forever. Just search Quiz Chat Repeat in your podcast app. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, 
Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I'm Ellis James. And I'm Colin Murray. And in our podcast, Everything to Play For, we take a proper look at the greatest sports stories of all time. We're talking the juiciest rivalries, the bravest underdogs, the biggest comebacks. We are chucking a bit of context into the mix. Yeah, real deep dives like bottom of the ocean. Oh, yes. Do you want to do a PhD in Wayne Rooney? Then listen to this <laughs> podcast. We are taking those big stories of the names that you know, like Andy Murray and Wayne Rooney and Mo Farah and Arsene Wenger and Alex Ferguson. Hopefully, even if you think you know the stories, everything to play for will tell you stuff that you didn't know. Yes. And you can follow everything to play for on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can also listen everywhere from June the 10th and binge seasons early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Right, those were the ads. I've got some scenarios I'd like to run through, if that's okay, Tom. Joe, you go for it. What about this uh, old story I heard that there was this there was this old man once. There was, no, there was these there was these. It's this very well-known story. There was these brothers, <laughs> um, and they they were in the house one day, and okay. they went, "I'm going to go down the shop and get the paper." And the the other brother said, "Yeah, I'm I'm going to do that too." Oh, this story. And he said, no, no, I want to do it first. And they, so they both said, okay, well, I'm going to go down the left-hand side of the road yeah, and you're going to go down the right-hand side of the road. And okay, fine. And this story where you've got, um, let's go with uh, Tom, brother Tom and brother Joe. <laughs> Sound like monks. Um, they're walking down the, the street. They're going to the, sh- the shop that sells the paper, the paper shop. And um, Joe gets really, really wet because it's raining on his side of the road mm. and Tom doesn't get wet at all because it's not raining on his side of the road. They come back home and Joe's paper's like dripping wet everywhere. He's got really moist, soggy udders. Oh, no, <laughs> not a moist udder. And Tom is bone dry, smug as you like. You're quite accurate the way he's uh, <laughs> smiling at me now. Um <laughs> Is there any truth to that factual story? Well, I would say that if you're talking about a road, you know, and you're like, Brother Joe is this side and Brother Tom is on that side, I think it's very unlikely that you're going to see wildly different weather patterns or even something like rain on one side of the road and not on the other. So I would say, no, that's not possible. So what is the length then? What is the, what is the length that you can go, oh, there is a bit of rain over there, but why is it not raining here? You can definitely see that in a town. You know, showers can be kind of hyper-local. So they can come and they can go and you could be just down the road, essentially, a couple of miles away and it'll be completely dry. But when you've got showers in the forecast... This is why a lot of the time lines need to be blurred a bit because you can see a shower on one side of the city and not on the other. But not, I would say, not on the road. There's no truth to the story about the brothers, brother Joe and brother Tom, the the Tom and Joe brothers. No, I I think unless someone is like tipping buckets of water out of their house on one side of the road onto brother Joe and brother Tom is looking smug and dry on the other side of the road... I don't think it's likely that you're going to get a shower that's that localised exclusively over Brother Joe. I'm guessing that's what happened then. Let's say, a very rare instance, you've got a forecast wrong and it might appear online somewhere um, on the BBC 
wherever it might be, are you ever tempted when you look out the window and think, shit, I've got this wrong, just to pop back in and redo it? Yeah. Just redo you know, it. <laughs> I ha- I've got to be honest with you, Tom. There have been times where I've done a forecast and in some areas it's maybe turned out differently and I've worried about it so much, you know. And people send me messages sometimes and are like, oh, hi, Owain, my sister is getting married on Saturday. Please tell me that it's going to be sunny. And it's like, you know, the Monday, two Mondays before. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's just way too far in advance to be able to tell you accurately what's going to happen. Do people actually get stuck into you, do they? Yeah, people do. And I kind of get it, to be honest, Joe, because... You expect a weather forecast to be right, you know. That's what we aim for, accuracy, and that weather forecast being what you want it to be, which is right. But sometimes people don't listen to it and are like, you didn't say it was going to rain. And I'm like, <laughs> darling, I did. Did you not listen to my forecast, darling? It's a 30% chance of rain. That means <laughs> exactly that it could be dumb. raining for 30% of the time or in 30% of the area, or there'd be 30% chance that you individually would get wet. But yeah, people do, you know, have a go. And I totally get it. I totally get it because unfortunately, sometimes the detail on a forecast will change. So that is that. That's how it works. What about beef, Owen, between weather presenters and news presenters? So there is an amazing clip, Joe. I don't know if you've seen this from BBC yeah. News where Thomas Schaffernacker is uh, giving a distinctive hand gesture to the news anchor and the camera switches to him a little bit earlier and he has to pretend he's scratching his chin with two fingers. Can we just appreciate Thomas Schaffernacker's name? Yeah, great, isn't it? Schaffernacker. Thomas Schaffernacker. Mm. Thomas Schaffernacker. Oh, sorry, please carry on. Thomas Schaffernacker is an absolute darling. I aren't going to comment specifically on that clip that you're referring to, you two. <laughs> it's a beauty though, isn't it? <laughs> what, I, what I can say is that news presenters and weather presenters always have a great relationship because you're working with these people and the news has been pretty crap <laughs> over the past 12 months and more. And it's often that time in a programme where you get to the sport to get to the weather where you can have a laugh. So that was Thomas Schaffernacker's cock up that you haven't commented on. Only me and Tom have commented on, which mm-hmm. is fine. What about your own mistakes? Have you have you made mistakes live or? One thing that for some reason producers love doing is putting a weather presenter like in the weather. So with a beast from the east, for example, it's like, oh great, the beast from the east is coming, darlings. Oh, I get on top of a mountain. I want to see you in that snow and I want to see a <laughs> blizzard running through your hair. Things like that have happened where I'm on top of a mountain and it's snowing and I don't know what the hell's going on and I can't hear anyone. But I haven't had any like catastrophic on-air disasters i've got to be honest with you and that sounds really boring doesn't it it's really upsetting but how how on earth have you not made so many mistakes when you can't see the map can you you can't see the map that you're trying to do so how are you not cocking up by pointing at uh newcastle when you should be pointing at uh wrexham yeah (laughs) do you practice yeah i think i've just got used to knowing where things are You know, I get used to knowing if I put my hand here, this is Cumbria or the Isle of Man. And if I put my hand there, it's like the Midlands. Right. Let's 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 do a practical version of that, Owen. So I'm going to give you a different body part and you have to tell me which part of the (laughs) British Isles that equates to. Okay, (laughs) I'm I'm standing next to the British Isles. Okay. yeah. Left hip is. uh, um, It's probably going to be like Aberystwyth. (laughs) Shoulder. Shoulder. 
let's say, um, Cumbria stroke the Scottish borders. You know, we're moving up towards Scotland if I'm that scale up next to the map. Your left arm is now out to the side at two o'clock. Two o'clock. So completely outwards and upwards a little bit. Yeah, fully extended, um, two o'clock. Aberdeenshire, <laughs> I'd say. <laughs> is it a problem for a weather forecaster then, if you've got slightly shorter arms than most people, would you never cover Norwich? Yeah, there's a lot more moving around, I would say, Tom. It gets a bit more physical then, you know. I've got to mince over and point at Norwich. Whereas <laughs> if I've got a really long arm... Or like a pointer, maybe we can bring back the pointer. I can probably just point lazily at Norwich using my pointer. <laughs> There's so much in me that really wants to apply for the job who's in control of what you put on the green screen. <laughs> I'm sure you would. <laughs> I want to be a weather production operator. I want to be that person. Are, mm. are there certain place names that all weather presenters are aware that if you t- were to leave your hand over them than it would spell something obscene. There are loads of there are loads of towns in the UK where that is the case. Like there are I'm not going to say any, but there Go are on. no there are loads of Where is it? Although we wouldn't have Cumbria on the map where you know like listen all you're going to do is google rude UK names and all you have to do is cover a little bit of that name for it to suddenly be obscene. But <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, guys. Last year, there was a... Oh, I can't remember. It was like somewhere in the southeast of England where there was a shower. And the shower looked very phallic, shall we say. It was <laughs> it, it was a very interesting shape. Just Google it. You'll find it. Things like that do happen. But a lot of the time, you would have to literally like take a freeze frame of a weather map where a hand is covering a name or a shower has formed into this shape for it to be. You know, you wouldn't get a weather forecast where it's all rude all the way through. Do people, for example, you know, you are from West Wales, I believe. Do some people who are in even Wester Wales than you are from in Ammonford, mm. say people in Fishguard, do you ever get irate emails to them saying, you've covered Fishguard with your ass All the time. Hang on. Are these real places? Yeah, Fishguard. Fishguard's Fishguard. Fishguard? Yeah. Fishguard. And where was the other one you said, Tom? Ammonford. It's where it's where uh, Shane Williams is from as well as oh, I yeah. believe, isn't it? Is that correct? Ammonford and Fishguard. Yeah, real places, I'm Joe. Have to Google real this. places. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, carry on. Uh, yes, people do get in touch, Tom, and they're like, the Isle of Man is often like next to my shoulder there when we're on the zoomed in view and it doesn't take very much to cover parts of the Isle of Man and we do the forecast for the Isle of Man so of course the people on the Isle of Man want to know what the weather's doing there and if I'm (laughs) stood in front of it well they're going to be filming so that does happen yes I've blocked the Lean Peninsula a couple of times as well so that does happen yeah totally I want to talk about all these funny words that you've made up in terms of Fishgardo, Fishguard and uh, Aberwiswith yeah. and stuff like that. But that moves me nicely onto clouds. Okay. I really, really, who who on earth is coming up with all these cloud types? And tell me these are real. Please tell me these are real. Okay, go on. Go on. Kirostratus. Cirrostratus, yes. Oh, Cirrostratus. You sounded Italian. Cirrostratus. Cirrostratus. It was very Italian. I'll say them. You give me the shape. Okay. So, auto... (laughs) 
Wow, this comes up a lot in the weather. Autocumulus. <laughs> oh, my God. Autocumulus. Yes. So do you want me to go for cirrostratus first? Yeah, go with cirrostratus shape, please. Okay. So cirrus clouds, which cirrostratus is a part of, are high level clouds. And a cirrostratus would be quite a thin, wispy cloud, but also like one piece a lot of the time, not like dotty here and there, like a cirrocumulus, for example. So like the front of my hair, very wispy <laughs> and, you know, like high, <laughs> thin. Just like that. Um, Just like that. Cumulonimbus. 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 It's a n. Cumulonimbus. Cumulonimbus. Oh, there we go. Perfect, darling. Perfect. So, yes, cumulonimbus is a very high cloud. It is a thunderstorm cloud, essentially. So you see them towering up in the sky. They're often called, they, they've got like an anvil shape at the top a lot of the time. So that is a cumulonimbus cloud. When we talk about clouds, I find myself thinking of Joni Mitchell who wrote a song called Both Sides Now, which is all about clouds as a metaphor for love and life. Is it actually? <laughs> yeah. The opening lines go, rows and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere. I've looked at clouds that way, but now they only block the sun. They rain and snow on everyone. So many things I would have done, but clouds got in the way. Oh my God, this has blown my mind on one of my favourite songs. I, I cry to that song a lot, especially a beauty, when fucking Alan Rickman, Judas, Emma Thompson, like she was there thinking, oh, I'm going to get the necklace um, in Love Actually. And then he goes, oh, you got me Joni Mitchell's album. And she goes upstairs and she puts it on and both sides now comes on and she stands there and she's crying. She's heartbroken. She's absolutely heartbroken. And it's some of the finest acting I've seen in terms of, I know it's in love actually, and people may look at this and go, <laughs> you're an idiot. But honestly, it moved me. She's just lovely. I just love her. And um, I've realised now what the fuck we're talking about. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> could, you, could you conclude this section by singing both sides now for us, Joe? Yeah, that would be lovely. I looked at love. From both sides now, a give and take, and still somehow. Ooh, what the fuck are you making me do all the time? <laughs> Sorry, Why do you keep making me do stuff? I don't want to do it anymore. Can I say, Joe, that was an absolutely spectacular falsetto <laughs> as well. It was gorgeous. Loved it. It's fucking... You're a pair of wankers. You've absolutely fucking stitched me up. Can I just go through some of Britain's uh, rudest place names that we can then get back oh, at? Oh, God, um, no. Get back thing. So um, you've got to try and guess where these places are. And these are all real. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> where's Bitchfield? Are you sure it's not Birchfield? No, it's Bitchfield. It's in Lincolnshire. Okay. Um, okay. What about Cox? Where's Cox? Uh, <laughs> that's in cornwall that's cox in cornwall cox in cornwall okay i'll have to visit oh i like this more subtle one yeah i like this one this more subtle one lower swell <laughs> lower lower swell in gloucestershire nether thong nether thong nether in yorkshire thong. is really good did you say leather thong no nether thong 
As in, you've got a thong up your nether regions. But there's also an upper thong, FYI. Oh, where's that? Upper thong is in Yorkshire. Oh. Yeah. This is bollocks. I've just found. This is ridiculous. I've just found Beaver Close. Um, in, that's not a place name. That's a street name. These are just made up. Or Bellend in Worcestershire. I'd, what I'd give to live in some of these places. There's Licky End. There's what? There's a place in Worcestershire called Licky End. Is there? Yeah, it's by the Licky Hills. <laughs> Great. I prefer Shitterton. Shitterton. Where's Shitterton? Or Sheepy Parva. Or the River Piddle. Or Piddle Valley. <laughs> Or Cockermouth. Cockermouth. Oh, this is wonderful. We've got Cockermouth. <laughs> We've got Cockermouth in Cumbria. I've heard of that, actually. I've heard of Cockermouth. I'm so sorry that we've brought you on to just talk about really stupid place names. I have um, thoroughly enjoyed talking about the city place names. You don't need to apologise. And every day is a school day, you two. It is definitely a school day. Can you just give me a bit of chat on why storms are named the names that they are? Do you know anything about that? What was the latest storm that we had? So storms are named now by the Met Office when essentially they get to a a level of like, you know, seriousness, if you like. They're severe enough to be causing a problem. And the reason they're named is because it makes it easier for people at home to know that they're coming or remember them as well. So essentially, if a storm has got a name, you're more likely to hear about it and more likely to remember it. And therefore, it's more likely to sort of sink in. So I was watching a guide dog programme the other night. And, um, of course you were. They're bad. <laughs> what do you mean, because I was? Well, it sounds interesting. Every day's, every day's a learning day. Yeah. <laughs> so I wanted to learn about guide dogs. And this batch of five Labradors, it was the P batch. So all of them had to be named with the letter P. There was Phil. They came up with Phil, the dog. That's a bad dog name. Well, how do they do that for storms? So people write in and they say, I want to submit my name, Owain, as a storm. Would you please include it? And then they sort of randomly select them. And that is how storms are named. They tend to be people's names. Have you got the address for the Met Office? Yeah, Um, it's go to metoffice.gov.uk. Okay, yeah. And I can just write in as many times. It doesn't just have to be once. I mean, I wouldn't spam the Met Office with storm names. They open up the kind of, they open up the lines, if you like, and they say, oh, we're taking submissions now. So they don't do it all the time because they've already set the names for 2021, sadly. What would you go for, Joe? If you could get through to the Met Office right now, and I hope, Owen, that you might facilitate this after the show uh, recording finishes, what three names, Joe, would you particularly like to hear? I'd like, my, my favourite drink is a dark and stormy. So, But that's kind of, you can't have storm dark and stormy, can you? <laughs> no, but it, it sounds okay. good. It could work. Do they have to be people's names? Yeah, like, I think they do have to be people's names as opposed to things. Could you have Storm Daisy? Would Daisy enjoy that, Joe? Would she take that as... I've got Storm Daisy every day, mate, <laughs> with homeschooling at the minute, so I don't need to do that. I don't need to have that. <laughs> what would Storm Joe be like? Would it be a, a brutal storm that uprooted trees or a mighty <laughs> rain that washed away the pain? It would be a calm, slightly cold and breezy at times energy that just casually passes through nice and then occasionally occasionally there'll be some form of hurricane oh. or lightning strike that lasts only for 30 seconds because that's usually what storm joe does and then just 
ends. I'll be the newscaster. Um, okay. Passing to you. Okay. Uh, more headlines in a moment, but first we're going to have some weather from Owen Wynne Evans. Owen. Thank you very much. Yes, and I've got news of an incoming storm, everyone. It's Storm Joe, but fear not. Um, it is incoming and it is going to cause some turbulent weather, but only for very short periods of time. But mostly it'll be very calm. Your chakras will be aligned as Storm Joe comes in. It'll introduce a calming feel throughout with the odd thunderbolt and the odd hurricane. So, you know, they don't sound very nice, but otherwise... Some lovely, quiet weather to come, thanks to Storm Joe. That is a, is a very unique storm. Yes, I've never experienced anything like Storm Joe that brings both calm weather, is calming in itself, but there are the risk of kind of, you know, thunderstorms and hurricanes for a short period of time. <laughs> Tom, there was, a, there was a bit of me that was uh, slightly concerned that we wouldn't get a lot of chat out of talking about the weather, but a wine has managed to completely blow me out of the water see what i've done there blow and water it's all weather blow me out of the water and really spun me round like a tornado absolutely joe tom it has been an absolute pleasure thank you for having me on and let me know you know if i can give you a highly accurate weather forecast i'm always here what about you, Tom? Did you like it? I did enjoy it. I do like a bit of weather, Joe. I do like a bit of weather. A man who spends a lot of time outdoors, I like to... Uh, one of the first things I check in the morning, and that's why I don't have many friends. Um, if you do want to support the show, <laughs> search for Joe Marler's show on Patreon. Sign yourself up over there for extra content. If you want another podcast to listen to, I would like to recommend We Didn't Start the Fire. That is Crowd's new history podcast inspired by the lyrics of Billy Joel. The first couple of episodes are out now. They cover the former US President Harry Truman and the actress Doris Day, who apparently, Joe, had her own radio show called The Doris Day Show. Not so different to you. Just search for We Didn't Start the Fire in your podcast app. Did you just make a comparison between me and Doris Day? Yes, she weighed as much as one of your legs. (laughs) I don't know how you do it. Who's on our next episode? It's a lawyer. Law. Yeah. Yeah. What is it good for? Keeping all the justice. Sing it again. Law. Yeah. Who? What is it good for? Hmm. Sorry. You got enough there, Steve, you can use on that one. Cheers. Crowd Network. A place where you belong. Sports Social Podcast Network.